Faithful, it is I, your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge. And this is the Metal Hammer of Doom, our last review for the year 2021. And much to Jesse Starcher's chagrin and frustration with yours truly, we are not doing an end of the year show. Instead, we're going to keep on trucking with a box set. That came out November 26, 2021, um, if you bought the physical box set. However, digitally, each one of the albums in said box set was being released between, I believe it was uh, November 26th um, and February of 2022. And that is Lordy's Lordiversity. Yes, sir. Lord Diversity uh, is a box set by the Finnish hard rock band Lordy. The box set contains their 11th to 17th studio albums, Skeletric Dinosaur, Superfly Tramp, which is what we're going to review tonight, The Master Beast from the Moon Abusement Park, Humanimals, Abra Cadaver, and Spooky Sextravaga Spectacular. And this is their follow-up to another album that we reviewed of theirs, Collection. And here he is to talk about his favorite band, Lordy, from his favorite country of Finland, the disapproving dad, Jesse Starcher. How do you do, Mr. Essential? Doing a fantastic, Mark Radlich. Doing a fantastic. Boy, I'm glad to be here to talk about some Lordy. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, this is going to be a fun night. Um, yeah, I, seven, seven <laughs> total albums. Um. <clears throat> Let me just say, you know, it, it, when Lordy posted that on social media that they were going to be releasing a total of seven albums, they did this on April 6th, okay? Mm-hmm. And I was very concerned that they were confusing April Fool's Day somehow. <laughs> like they missed the boat a few days and were like, oh, hey, we got to get this joke out there. And then we find out that it is actually true. They're going to do seven albums in, re- and release them within a period of time. Now, initially, I don't think it was explained that they were going to do the, the physical all at once right. and the digital spaced out, but that's fine. Regardless, seven freaking albums. And uh, I was really, really surprised that they actually did it. So... Here we are tonight going to be talking about one of these albums in this 
collection uh and uh i can't wait i mean this is uh well this is going to be an interesting one i can tell you that i have mixed emotions i like lordy <laughs> i love i love some of the stuff that they've done i mean uh let's go slaughter he-man uh some of the great things that came off of some of the previous albums from before who i don't know if you've talked about the concept yet but i'm sure we'll get to it so i'll we, stop talking now so you can bring on somebody else we we will talk about it momentarily but before we do i gotta bring on the metal coop robert cooper how do you do sir uh you know pretty solid just uh trying to sweat off all the uh post-christmas food of course because <laughs> i think i gained about 10 fucking pounds i swear I put on uh, my scrubs to go to work um, on Monday after after Christmas, after I'd been off for a couple of days to celebrate the Christmas holiday. And I was like, um, you ever just feel like you're shoving 100 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag? Because that's what it felt like getting dressed after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few where I put a shirt on and I'm just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, then I just go... But then you take a poop, right? And you take like like the world's biggest poop, and you're like, "Oh, they, that's where all the Christmas went." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had that today. I actually, got to it's not even go to work because I woke up at four a.m. Like, just say the Yule log. That's great. Right. I like how we're like minutes into the show, we're already talking about feces. Right. Well, well, I mean, there's only so much you could say about this album. <laughs> Um, sorry, we both talked over you. You were you were trying to tell us about your bowel movements. Please go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying that. Like, I woke up at four a.m. being like, "Oh boy," then at seven a.m. I called work and I'm like, "I ain't coming in." <laughs> so that was a post Christmas hangover. Yeah. Well, oh yes, yes, definitely. Well, we've had some fun, like Jesse said, with Lordy. We've reviewed, I think, like three of their albums, um, and we were when they initially announced Lordiversity. We were going to just do, like, selections from each one of the albums like we did with um, the Metallica uh, Tribute to the Black album from earlier this year. And then Jesse kind of hit me to the jive. I think it was actually on Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, they're they're going to release these, like, on Spotify um, on certain dates. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, if that's the case, then we'll just do them one at a time as they come out. So we're doing this one this month. And I actually have the calendar right in front of me. I can tell you when we're doing the rest of these. Afro Circus, Afro Circus, right, Jesse? Polkadot, Afro. Okay, so so we're going to do Abracadabra Abracadabra on January 17th. Then we're going to do Humanimals on February 16th. And then Abusement Park on April 20th. And then Spooky Sextravaganza Spectacular on May 4th. Skeletric Dinosaur on June 8th, and then Master Beast from the Moon on July 6th. So, one a month pretty much uh, going forward. What do you think about that, Jesse? Wow. It's going to be weird because the... And I'm fine. I'm fine with the way we have it set up, but we're going to be mm-hmm. jumping around in time periods Yeah, when we do this, which is going to be really strange. Mm-hmm. Um because these albums range from the fictional uh, universe of collection, I believe, from 75 to 95. So it's two decades that these seven albums are going to be spanning. Uh, so what we get tonight is going to sound va- vastly different from the next album that we listen to. Uh, and you I, I, trust me. What's that? You promise? 
I <laughs> actually, dude, I I will state I will state that you will probably enjoy the next album we cover a lot better than this one. So this one specifically um, was released on November twenty sixth, and then Abracadabra Abracadaver was December tenth. So we're, mm-hmm. we're just we're just starting this journey now, um, which is why it's going to take us to like the middle of the year to get through get through all of these. Um, Human Animals actually comes out January seventh. Abusement Park January twenty eighth. Uh, spooky, sexy, spooky, extravaganza, spectacular, February eleventh, and like four days later is Skeletric Dinosaur, and then just only a couple of days after that is the last one, February eighteenth, is Masterpiece from the Moon, and you know my feeling was like I don't want to just do nothing but Lordy <laughs> between January right. and February. I'm like I gotta space right. these out, um, yeah. their kookiness. So that's why that, that's why I did it once a, one a month all the way into uh, the middle of the summer. But getting back to this one in particular, Superfly Trap. So the fictional years for the various albums are as follows. So that's <laughs> yet again. There's a crazy story. Um, <laughs> in this Lord, band? Lordy yeah. is apparently time traveling. You see, and each one of these albums was was produced in a different year, and then they time traveled forward and released another album. You, don't you understand? So <laughs> so Superfly Trap, I believe, is 1975, maybe? Either 75 or 79, one of the two. It's um, going to be, I think it's going to be 79. I be, so the way that they have it listed here on the wiki, mm-hmm. the albums are going to be, the albums they have listed underneath the track listing, I assume, are corresponding to the years that you're going to go down. So right. this is supposedly the second album. Okay, so it's 79. These. Yeah, so it's 79. Okay, so it's Electric Dinosaur is 75, and that's influenced by Kiss and Alice Cooper, and we'll go over these again as we go through them. Uh, specifically, Superfly Trap is 79, and it's inspired by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, oh boy, it is. Um, <laughs> Boney M, whoever he may be, <laughs> and the Bee Gees. Right. What? So oh, Superfly yeah, Trap is very disco-oriented, which I like. I don't... I like disco. I like the Bee Gees. I like Saturday Night Fever. Word to Mamma Mia. I'm, you know, it's my pizzeria, Jesse. Don't you understand? I love it. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, it's very disco oriented, and your mileage may vary how much you appreciate this album. It's certainly very off the beaten path from a lot of what's out there, and for me, that makes all the difference. You know what I mean, Coop? Yeah, I mean it's. I won't say that I I didn't hate the album by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost feel like I'm giving my my uh, my summation of my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> but it's one of those that this is definitely a groovy album. And while I did not grow up any sort of time frame where disco might have been prevalent, uh, in fact, I dropped knowledge on a customer the other day about the demoli- disco demolition night in the '70s, and he almost dropped his jaw because he was like, well, "How the hell do you know about that?" And then I got to teach my coworker and his near 50s about it because he didn't know about it funny story <laughs> uh but i really feel like this is a very ambitious sort of album but i don't necessarily know how successful they are in stints <laughs> so every one of these starts with sgg minus and then a number this one in particular is um scg minus six delightful poppins which oh, might yeah. it's so funny because I was listening to the album as I was prepping I was, I was prepping the podcast tonight 
Um, you know, I have to build my web page. I got to pull all my art. Uh, I got to get my notes up. I have notes, Jesse. No. Oh, whoa. And I and I like you. Do you know what I use to write my notes? Tell me. I yeah. use Grammarly. Don't oh. you understand? Wow. Yes. Grammarly, uh, for you listeners of the Metal Hammer of Doom, is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes, of which I make a lot, while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free. Moving on. So, um, as I so I, I as I'm prepping the podcast, my wife is like on the couch. My parents had just left. I dropped off some speakers for my new monitor. <laughs> this, if you had this pro or this uh, intro track blasting, I did. Not- so, she, so she's on the couch. So let me set this up for the listeners. The whole gimmick, the whole intro is. Like, I think the first guy's delivering, like, a pizza, and then the next guy's the, the, the pool guy. He's like, you know, like, hello. I was like, hi, I'm Sexy Pizza Guy. She's like, oh, come in. And then they, you know, hi, I'm Sexy Pool Guy, but I don't have a pool. Oh, come in. And then Lordy comes in and kills everybody. Um, yes. and- <laughs> Pow, chicka, wow, wow. Pow, chicka, wow, wow. Um, and I think actually Lordy says that. There's like, pow, chicka, wow, wow. It's like, you know. <laughs> And my so my wife hears hears this, and I've already heard this from earlier today. And she's like, "What are you? What porn are you watching now?" <laughs> like, it's not porn, it's Lordy. Oh, that's funny. Um, all right, who's ready to talk, who's ready to hear some music? Yeah, let's hear it. I'm ready. I, I am. See, I thought he fucked him all to death, though. I oh, mean, it's, I have a it's feeling Lordy. that that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, it it you know goes from a one to a. a, a a one-on-one situation, two-on-one situation, three-on-one situation, then Lordy shows up and just destroys them all. So that's how it works. Yeah, I can imagine. I could. I don't have to be convinced that Lordy, as a band, could just fuck someone to death. <laughs> <laughs> just, just ecstasy, head explodes, Lordy tips the hat, walks out the door. <laughs> Which head, though? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, <yeah. laughs> All right. First three tracks. There are nine tracks minus that intro that we're not going to play. Uh, so let's get into it now. Um, first track is Macho Freak, and then Believe Me and Spooky Jive. Baby, my show freaks Feels a lot on the floor 
Man, that's what I am. I'm your boogeyman, Robert Cooper. I'm in your bed. I'm your boogeyman. I mean, you could jump on in if you want. I still have half of it kind of broken, but after a while, you just get used to it. Did you break the bed in like a fun way, or did you break the bed in a fat guy way? I mean, let's just Uh-oh. say part two led to part one. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B is what you're trying to put down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a picking little bit up. of column D. Yeah, yeah buddy. I said you could have a little from column A or a little from column B, but how about I just give you all of column D, bitch? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, we're in, woo. I'm like close to 50. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, Spooky Jive. I was getting some I'm Your Boogeyman vibes. Um, very, as I'm listening to this, I'm like, I want to be wearing bell-bottom pants and roller skating right now, like around my oh, house. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, mean, absolutely. I always find myself wanting to do that, to be fair. <laughs> in bell-bottom pants? Oh yeah, no. I, I feel like... Uh, I have legs made for bell-bottom pants. <laughs> okay, but you're spo- but the bells are supposed to be at the bottom, not at your fat thighs. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to be an innovator. I'm going to wear them backwards. <laughs> oh, no, up, upside downy. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to I'm going to look like the fucking challenger by the time I'm done. <laughs> you're going to look like you're wearing fucking like. 
you know, one of them like tight pants boys, uh, goths or the emo kids, emo kids in their tight pants. I'm going to look like a pirate that couldn't find a peg. So instead he stole traffic cones. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I really like these first three songs. Um, I mean, clear, clear disco vibe. Coop, I want to go back to something you said. So I went to you first. You were like, so this guy, the singer of Lordy doesn't really lend himself to this his vocal stylings do not lend himself to this kind of music but I think that (laughs) I have to say Mr. Lordy uh, as he's called his it's gravelly it's sort of silly it doesn't match but it does make it very noticeable very notable um, and for me kind of enjoyable and like a not in a scheidenfraud kind of a way but more, more just like it's so silly and over the top I can't hate it Kind of like the yeah, Matrix well, Resurrections. Kind of like the Matrix Resurrections. You know, I still do want to see that, even though I just saw the first one for the first time the other day. Really? You, the- you just now saw the first Matrix movie? What are you, my chuck my children? Well, so here's the thing. I knew by reputation that the other two were absolute poo-poo. Like dirt my Hang on. Went and saw the, the second one's what? good. This- Let's talk about the seed on the freeway. Yeah, the the second one has the, the I made this point last night in the two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. <laughs> two that and a half like hours. A, that that sounds like a, a punishment that you uh, signed up for yourself. I literally started off the podcast with Robert. Just start talking, um, or, or we'll be here for five hours. Anyway, um, the, the, it's just, a good thing you did because you would have shortened it to two and a half. <laughs> Um, yeah, at about the 40-minute mark, he was still ranting about the movie and, like, begging his shoe, you know, and saying that we will bury the United States without a single shot. And I was like, all right, stop already, Khrushchev. Um, <laughs> we got to move on. Anyway, uh, that's our Matrix review if anyone wants to hear it in the archives. But real, just, just to finish that point and then getting back to the album, the second one is really, really good. It's not as good as the first one, but it's really, really good, and it has... Really, it, the chase scene is one of the best in like cinema history. It's it's phenomenal. It's 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 okay. the, it is one of the best chase scenes in, in any movie ever of any era. Um, it's the third one that goes into the toilet. Okay, because I because I I went and saw Bruce Almighty as a kid, and my grandma went and saw The Matrix Revolutions, and uh, let's just say about halfway through. She was uh, she's hanging out with me during Bruce Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. say between the Architect and the Merovingians, there were some people who were not able to keep up with the movie. So I get yeah, it. which I mean, but yeah, I, I enjoyed. You know what? I watched the first one. And I looked at mm-hmm. uh, Natalia. Hi, Natalia, uh, my girlfriend, and uh, <laughs> and just went. You know what? I know these other movies have an absolutely abysmal reputation, but gosh darn it, I want to see where this goes. Well, my I, I saw the, for the review, I went to an IMAX showing of Resurrections, and I was like, well, I'm done now. I don't ever have to deal with this fucking series again. And then um, I said to my kids, I'm like, there's, I didn't want to bring them to a rated R movie without having screened it first in case there's boobs in it, because God forbid, they can see all the, as Jesse and I have talked about many times, we don't care if, we, if our kids see someone's head getting cut off, but God forbid they see a tit, right, Jesse? Right, that's right, buddy. <laughs> that that is why America is so funny to some people. Yes, we are yeah. not the French. Um, 
So I, I screened it beforehand just to make sure that it was going to be okay for him. And there's nothing. Other than some, some cursing in, in the movie. There's nothing in it that they haven't seen. My daughter, like, doesn't care. She doesn't want to see it. But my son was like, no, no, I want to see this. I want, I want to see what this is. I told him a little bit about it. He was like, yeah, as soon as you said video game designer, I'm all in. I'm like, great. I'll put it, you know, when we're done watching Looney Tunes, I'll put it on for you in your room. He's like, no. No, Jesse Starcher. He didn't call me Jesse Starcher, but no, Jesse Starcher. Oh, that's good. He said, no. He said, I want to watch it with you. We must watch this together as father and son. And I was like, God fucking damn it. You're like, and you're like, mm, father, son, quality time. Uh, well, at least I'll have my phone I can look at. Um, ah. but, yeah, I got to sit and watch that with him, Jesse. Can you believe it? Oh, well, hey, you know what? You get to spend some time with him. He'll, he'll look back on that fondly. Yep. So feel, feel good about yourself there. Yeah, and you can just true. and you can just think of the Robert Winfrey running commentary the entire time, <laughs> right? Begging his it'll be, it'll be like an alternate commentary, like of his making. Start the podcast in one ear, watch the movie, <laughs> and then you'll still have the podcast to listen to when the movie's over. Yeah, yeah no, say, you're going to have a lot to a lot to go over with. It's, the, that's nice. The podcast is, I think, longer than the movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, it's got to be. Anything else There's... about these first three songs, Mister Cooper? Oh yes, uh, but as I was saying, yeah, uh, but I like track number two or three. You know, past of course the. Mm, Mr. Lordy fucking someone into oblivion. Uh, <laughs> I actually, his voice kind of grew on me in terms of kind of just fitting in there. I think one of the things that annoys me as this album goes on is the female vocals with him. Really? I oh, don't really? Okay. Well, especially on some of the uh, balladier songs, I kind of feel like they stick out in a way that it's, it's almost like a guy at karaoke night who you know is kind of doing a half-assed job but enjoying himself, and then this chick shows up with him, and she's uh-huh. almost a little too good for what he's bringing. And uh-huh. it's, and I just don't necessarily – they just don't quite gel as well as I'd like it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, these first few songs, like, you know what? When I was listening, I was fucking dancing. I was like, you know what? I can fucking dig this. Like, if they – I really feel like if they would have kept this sort of – thing going the whole time because i really feel like the back half was a lot more slow ballads uh i think it would have went a lot better mm. that's fair jesse um you've been patiently waiting for robert and i to finish our podcast about the matrix do you want to talk about these albums <laughs> these uh, these songs <laughs> uh these first three so yeah i like what coop's saying there uh, uh, in regards to the female vocals popping in every once in a while and and we'll hear some of those well, I think we already heard a couple of them already but I I'm not taking this and I know you guys aren't either but I'm not taking this album seriously uh, I don't think anybody is I mean this is you know Lordy has decided that they are going to fill out their previous discography prior to the, when they became a band <laughs> and they're going to put this out there super fly trap it's a total disco fever feel all over most of what we hear on this album uh macho freak uh and then we get into believe me i mean okay so my every single one of these songs well let's try it this way these first three songs definitely have that uh, Lordy flavor sprinkled in. It definitely has a disco feel, but there is some 
rather horrific stuff happening when you look at the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> uh, and I tell mean, us about some of those horrific things, Jesse, in graphic vascular detail. Oh, vascular. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it, <laughs> Macho Freak, it, really all that is is about how the band's going to show up and kill a bunch of people that show up at their concert. Uh, sure. and that's that's what I gather from there. Yeah. That's typical Lordy stuff. Uh, Believe Me is hilarious because it's this guy talking about how he killed his girlfriend and holy crap, she's back. And even in the middle of the song, she says, you can't do nothing right. Grabs the <laughs> gun that apparently... Uh, killed her and then shoots him between the eyes. Great right. lordy stuff right there. And then Spooky Jive, uh, I believe, is about the devil getting all the ladies at the dance by his dance moves. <laughs> so that tracks. Cannot... That that very much tracks. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely does. So, Lordy is bringing this concept to life by saying, "Hey, hey, yeah, we did an album back in '79. It was a disco album, remember? And here it is." <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you guys get to hear it. I mean, um, I love, I love it, the concept of Lordiversity, where like we're gonna just like the Lordiversity, you know, University. It is a school of music that they right. are unleashing upon the world as a box set. I love that concept. I love the idea. Yeah, yeah. It's it was really it's really neat to see how this is going to unfold as we go through out these eras uh, of these previous albums, and just to kind of see what craziness they're going to bring to it and, and it's hard to even just conceive that they I, I understand artists have a great deal of talent that sometimes they really really put into one album these guys did this in, in seven albums within a year mm-hmm. and they're not all you know this they're as Coop will tell you right now this album is not something to write home about but <laughs> You know, it's it's still art. It's still, uh, you know, it's still content that they were able to put out uh, in, into an album. And it, nothing seems off the page from what I've normally got from Lordy before. And sticking with the concept, so, uh, you know, right now I'm forgiving it. Uh, we haven't got into anything. These first three haven't got into anything that I'm saying, whoa, flag on the play. All right. Let's move on to the next three songs, yeah? Uh, here we go. We've got uh, "City of the Brokenhearted," "Bella from Hell," and "Cast from uh, Cast Out from Heaven." There will be another new 
though, Cooper. I really like that woman's voice, especially on that last one. I I think it. I will say, like, it does work on the more up. I feel like it works really well in the upbeat songs. Yeah, like ones like that one, where I feel like the beat's driving and it. Her voice almost kind of carries it along. Mm-hmm. Thing for me, once you get to the slower songs, where I think Mister Lordy doesn't shine quite as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's where I kind of find her voice to be a little more of a of a uh, kind of a negative uh, sort of mirror to his. Okay, <clears throat> I uh, I re- so far like I'm still enjoying this. These aren't City of the of the Broken Hearted. I still has that very upbeat disc- disco-y feel. Bella from Hell again also has a lot of familiar tones of that style and you know that disco 70s era cast out from heaven i think i was more focusing on the woman's voice the backing vocals and you know she's got a really pretty tone to her voice um i did i did think kind of on the same wavelength as you that it it's it doesn't necessarily complement mr lordy's voice all that much it feels like you know and i know that this is actually the way a lot of songs are recorded where somebody lays down their track and somebody else lays down their track and they're not in there really harmonizing. A producer is knitting it all together and it very much feels that way. Like you listen to some albums and it feel, and it has that feel like they were all in there jamming together and banging out this tune and everyone compliments each other. And it's a nice cohesive thing. This doesn't necessarily feel cast out of heaven, cast out from heaven. Doesn't feel at least in the vocal stuff, particularly cohesive. It feels like, everyone kind of just threw their protein into a paella. You know what I mean, Jesse? Yeah, (laughs) sure. I've never heard that before. Oh, man, that is quite the game of Saudi biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) Protein in it. Proteins like clams and shrimp and chicken and sausage and, and oh, I yeah. thought that's everybody a, was whacking work. off. That's not working. My goodness, gentlemen, it's not always about. All right, it is, but I mean, it's not. It wasn't that time about sex. My goodness, this is a family podcast. <laughs> well, no, this right. is the one non-family podcast because <laughs> yeah, I don't, this is the one I, we get cut up on. I, I don't have a green screen I have to put up. I don't have to make sure I'm showered and my teeth are brushed. I can just be. I could be naked as I have been, right, Jesse? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> hey, remember that time I was out, Remember that time I ran to a podcast and was out of breath? <laughs> yes, I still trying to forget it. <laughs> I'll never stop. Reminding questions you. should not be asked. Why? Why did I ask that question? Why are you breathing so heavy? Are, are you are you okay? Yes, Jesse, quite okay. Quite not as okay as I was a few minutes ago, but I'm doing fine. Some things are better than others. Um, all right. Anyway, back to enough about my sex yes. life. Well, uh, so oh no, yeah. that oh that's what you meant. Damn it. <laughs> A little late on that one. Someone, um, someone send someone send Coop some cliff notes. Yeah. Uh, no, so I thought you went running out on a marathon. I didn't realize you went running for a twenty second marathon. No, I told I told Jesse we're going to be fifteen to a half minutes to a half an hour late. I'm going to go bang my wife. Only I left that part out. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good. At least you can time it at this point. <laughs> you got it down. 
Got it down. <laughs> anyway, Jesse, you were trying to you were trying to talk about the music, which I'm sure is Cast, what people would uh, like people to hear. Well, uh, and okay, so the duality between our female vocalist and Mr. Lordy here. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, that's obviously on purpose. Uh, I don't think, and I, I don't think that they were looking to try and produce this to where it would sound like better. <laughs> I think they were like, <laughs> no, this is exactly what we need. And again, you got to think if they were shooting for that 1979 vibe, then okay. That's probably what you would get. Right. Uh, when you think about it, when it comes to production quality, uh, which I don't know if they went into that much detail when they went into this concept, it wouldn't put it wouldn't surprise me if they did. But uh, just to kind of get back to the beginning of our first of these trio here, City of the Brokenhearted, you talked about it being upbeat, which is hilarious because it's basically a song about how shitty life is and how shitty life will always be. <laughs> so it's you know it's funny to hear it. Uh, you know, when you look at the lyrics and listen to the tone of the song, completely, totally, two totally different things. Totally, yeah. totally different things. <laughs> uh, Bella from Hell is probably my least favorite off of this album. I really did not like it, um, and I, I think it's just personally, it it doesn't feel like it. It's not as entertaining as some of the other stuff. It's just all about how you know he he fell in love with this girl who's not good for him. I'm, I'm pretty much. Uh, I'm pretty much okay, whatever. And then as we get into Cast Out from Heaven, now that's an interesting story that's being told there. This is about a guy who tries to do everything uh, right, and it's a short song. When you look at it lyrically, there's only a few beats that really happen in the song uh, or in the lyrics. The guy tries to help out the poor. He goes and and saves some people. uh, He saves the guy from... uh, uh, from death and then it turns out like the guy he saved goes and kills his whole family and so it turns out when he thinks he's going to heaven they're like no you can't get in here because everything that you did resulted in something bad and so he got <laughs> cast out from heaven <laughs> so like you do uh, yeah. well yeah, uh, I guess that's that's a problem um, at least Ronald yeah. Reagan can star in that one himself I, okay true <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as uh, we're still sticking with the uh, the, uh, the late seventies vibe here, the disco vibe. Um, I think Coop is definitely on the money when you start to hit these ballady songs as the album continues, and it does get a little like, are they shooting straight here? Uh, for the is that what they're trying to do? Are they actually trying to put out a, a a disco song? But when you dive into it lyrically, you still see their lordy. So yeah. that. That's what the, I think the genius is when you talk about Lordy. They can do this and they make it sound like, holy crap, that's a disco song. But it has, have then you, ever you got heard, the dark stuff. Have you ever heard the story about, I don't know how much of it is myth and how much of it is truth, but the alleged story about why Tipper Gore tried to get albums rated and stickered and all of that is that she was playing Darling Nikki because Prince, <laughs> was, <laughs> Prince was a mainstream artist, played on the radio, you know, I, I don't know if he'd won a Grammy by this point, but he was everywhere. He was a like a cultural icon um, at this point in in life. I think we I, years ago, I think when he died, we did a Prince tribute, which someday I should uh, I should re-air, and I might have talked about it then. But the whole reason we have today, uh, pen, well, we used to. It, everything's digital now, so who gives a shit? 
But um, we for a long time That's there. Right. Fuck you, Walmart. We had uh, parental advisory explicit lyrics stickers on albums, and a lot of that, and a lot of those stickered albums were kept out of uh, big box mainstream stores, especially across the South and the Midwest, like Walmart, was because Tipper Gore was playing the radio in her house, like you do, and her daughters are having a dance party, like you would, and darling Nikki comes on, and she's like. Five minutes into the song, she's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, this boy. song's about masturbation. Oh, boy. Yeah. And she's like, and why is this song about masturbation on a, you know, on a public radio station that my daughter, my young daughters can listen to? You know, I, I must I must go before Congress and make changes. Uh, and that's how we that's how we had the hearing on um, on albums that uh D. Snyder and Frank Zappa were a part of. There was a whole movie about this, um, for what that's worth, on VH1, I think it was, a couple years ago. In any case, um, I bring that up only because, like, Princess Darling Nikki is, like, again, one of those where you could absolutely hear it, and, like, like you're a kid, or you're you're a stay-at-home mom, and you're listening to it, and unless you actually listen to the lyrics, you're like, hey... I wait. What now? <laughs> You're doing what right. to your what? You know, right, it just right, right. it just seems like a fun song until you like if you're just ca- if you're just passively listening to it, you don't catch what it's about. It's just a fun song to listen to. You know, it's really upbeat. You know, Prince is Prince was a master craftsman uh, of the mu- of music, and then you sit and you listen to you. You're like, oh! you know, and you're clutching your pearls and clutch your pearls off to congress you go um, i mean that is the, that's what the song's about anyways right oh <laughs> clutching yeah. your pearl <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm on fire today you really are you should get that checked out by a doctor hey now uh, well i mean <laughs> can i say too much clutching the pearls <laughs> um speaking of which it rubs you the wrong way <laughs> Jesse's got jokes. <laughs> oh man, that was a good one. <laughs> if we are done, and um, I'm trying to be better about remembering who, who talked and who didn't, but I think we all got something to say about these last three. Uh, Jesse, when we come back, we're gonna do. We're gonna tell people where they can find this album right now. But also, I want to hear what that angry metal guy thinks. Yeah. All right. Then. Yeah. All right. So here we go with the scenario, as I like to say. We've got last three songs on the album here. We've got Darling Nikki. No, just kidding. We've got uh, Gonna Do It or Do It and Cry, Zombimbo, and Cinder Ghost Choir.
Crotches on fire. It's what he told us. It's what you said, Coop. I'm just, I'm singing your story. I'm, I'm like a bard. And, and I greatly appreciate it. I truly feel that the generations, long past, long past today, uh, <laughs> really need to know about safe sex. <laughs> well, speaking of safe sex. Um, if you would like to, this whole review really was brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited, Jesse. Did you know that? Oh, no, I had no idea. Tell me more about it. I will, um, whether you like it or not. We are giving away a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. It's great. You click the link in our description here at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. And you will be able to stream over 70 million songs on Amazon Music, including, but not limited to, Lordy's Lordiversity as it becomes available on digital platforms like Amazon Music Unlimited. Isn't that wonderful, Jesse? Don't we look like ourselves? Oh, my goodness. How can you pass up the opportunity to listen to Lordy for free for 30 days? That's what I'm trying to tell you. All right. I agree. So, um... I'm just kind of give my final thoughts and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys. Uh, and I want to hear about the angry metal guy. I really like this album. I was having a fun time with it. Uh, it didn't offend me in any way. It's definitely like, I've actually heard a lot of BGs and, uh, ABBA, um, you know, music from that era. And there were definitely like lifts from particular songs and, you know, restylized and then lordied up. So mm. I, I think, mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the notes that I had read about this was uh, their their collection tour got canceled because, or postponed because of uh, COVID, you know, like everything in 2020 and, and parts of 2021. 
and um, they use that time to do this. And I think, you know, an exploration of different musical styles. It's one of the things that, that you and I have talked about in the past, Jesse, where a lot of these bands are like, well, we're Cannibal Corpse, so I guess we'll just keep doing death metal. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, then a lot of times, like, I don't want to talk about them on here because there's nothing to talk about. That, some of the most boring shows we've ever done are the shows where we just don't talk about the music is because everything sounds like everything else they've ever done. There's no change. And a lot of people... A lot of people really like that. They want, you know, another iteration of the same thing that they liked from 10 other albums before that. And those people are fine and that's all fine and good. And, you know, and that keeps the uh, the gears going. But it makes it hard for me to, one, invest in to talk about in a format like this. So when something like Lord of Versity comes along, I'm like, oh, this, there's a lot of grist for the mill here. And, you know, I can understand if people if it doesn't tickle their sack the way that it does mine, but at least it's a conversational piece. You know what I mean, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah. When you look at this, uh, I'm trying to think of who you would suggest this album to. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, well, do you go to somebody that really enjoys disco and say, Hey, this is something that you need to check out. And in my opinion, no, I don't think you go <laughs> to somebody and say, you got to check out Lordy's disco rendition. Uh, you know, check out super fly trap. What you do though, is you find the guy who really likes Lordy and you say, look at this concept that they came up with yeah. and listen to this. And so this is definitely an album for fans of Lordy, somebody who enjoys what they do, enjoys the uh, concepts that they come up with. So, uh, you know, I, that's where this album belongs and for sure. i we we had a chance to listen to the last the, the last three one of which actually showed up on the previous album collection uh this zombimbo was on that album uh and if you remember correctly as you're listening to collection it's a story being told this guy who's playing all these hits from this band and uh it kind of that's where the idea of this I don't know if collection came first and then this spewed from it or if the idea for this was there first and collection happened initially and then COVID hit and then we get all these albums. According to the production Um, notes, after COVID-19 pandemic had postponed their tour in support of collection, the band decided to use the extra time to start working on more material to release a week after the postponement. Lordy stated it was clear that it was time to start planning the new album, even though Collection was released not even two months before. I was thinking that the most boring thing we could do after Collection is do another basic Lordy album, and I was very much enjoying the different style of songwriting, recording, and production on Collection, but another boring idea would have been to do a part two. So there you go. Right, right, right. So, and before I forget, because I'm sure as we go through these, the rest of these albums, there will be a lot more said about the stuff we hear but i did have the chance to listen to them give the interview it was mr lordy was giving an interview about the idea behind uh these seven albums and one of the things that he said he regretted was the fact that he didn't have the idea of doing a country album at the time (laughs) which would have just been fantastic to have that be one of the things that we cover on the metal hammer of doom but it's it's not going to happen um coop i want to turn it over to you after i go through these reviews here real quick Uh, so the blabbermouth.net it looked at all of the albums here and they gave uh, lord adversity as a whole an eight out of ten so that's not specifically looking at uh super fly trap now 
There are other websites that did go into just Superfly Trap, and they weren't exactly very kind. Uh, MetalRules.com gave it a two and a half out of five. I know you're aching to hear what the angry metal guy has to say, and unfortunately, he may be waiting to drop his thoughts on this uh, on all of these albums all at once because the last thing that he has listed there is collection nothing has been talked about in regards to super fly trap yet so uh a couple other places that i jo- I, I jumped into uh, see that one doesn't have any ratings it's like a lot of people okay here we go metaldigest.com gave it a 60 percent <laughs> And it's kind of tough to be like looking at metal sites, <laughs> reviewing a disco album. <laughs> you know, this is these are metal sites that obviously they're not going to score it very high. Uh, and then, go ahead. What was you going to say? No, it was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> big surprise. Yeah, it doesn't um, sound like there was a lot of patience for this, you know, or like, okay, we know we're getting something different here. Let's judge it for what it is and not what we want it to be. No, these people are like, this isn't the Lordy that I wanted. Fuck this album. Right, right, right. Uh, so Fly, I've never heard of this website, but Flyctory, F-L-Y-C-T-O-R-Y.com gave it a 4.2 out of 5. I'll read a couple quotes here and then I'll turn it over to Coop. Uh, one says... Lordy are really doing pop music and it does not sound that bad. And then there's very nicely selected songs in that concept. So, uh, I mean, when when you look at it, it's it is what it is. It is a Lordy disco album. It took place in 1979. I think they at least nailed the idea that this was something that came out at that point. So, I'll I'll give them kudos. I as for me enjoying the album, I didn't. It took me a couple times to get through it. There's a few songs on there that I think are okay, but this is. I want to hear something else. I cannot wait until we get into the next album because I had a chance to listen to that and it blows this one away. So, so this goes not my thing. It's so not my you, thing, baby. You left the situation with your tack not with your sack not tickled. My sack is not tickled. It it begs to be still tickled. <laughs> oh, it, <laughs> Jesse Starcher of the Metal Hammer of Doom says, Lordy, you have left my sack sans tickled. That's right. I don't That's know right. if I want Lordy tickling my sack because, Mm-mm. like, I think they have a medieval torture device for that. They have Probably. to do it in full regalia. I'm just saying. Like, the guy oh, yeah. can't come over in, like, basketball shorts and a Howard the Duck t-shirt. He has to be in, like, full Lordy regalia. And he's like, you know, it's like, all right, drop your balls in my hand. Gucci, Gucci, goo. <laughs> no, he, oh. he has to come in basketball shorts and wearing the carcass of Howard the Duck. <laughs> Either way. Something he would do. All right, Robert Cooper, take me home, baby doll. Ooh, well, the way you talk. Anywho. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's because I know we're all professional wrestling fans around here. This reminds me of a, of a, of a Toru Yano match. I love Yano. He, he's a comedic wrestler. Uh, plenty of fun to watch. If you enjoy his shit, you're going to like it. If you're not, it's not a wrestling classic and you'll just kind of forget you watch this. And it was, yeah, it was all right. This, this very much reminds me of a goofy gimmick match that I enjoyed. 
uh, while listening, wasn't perfect, wasn't exactly memorable, but I didn't hate my time listening to it. I'd probably give it like a solid, maybe like two and a half out of five, maybe a two, just because like when I look at it as sort of a gimmick album, I think it works better than as something very serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, with that being said, there's definitely, there are definitely some songs that like, if I heard them again, I'd fucking dance. I, I ain't lying. I would fucking dance to some of these songs and I would, I think it would be a good time. But I mean, honestly, if Jesse gives the next one a stamp of approval, I'm really looking towards that, uh, kind of maybe redeeming this one a little. All right. Well, folks, that wraps up our last review of 2021 on the metal hammer of doom. And, you know, because of Jesse's essentiality, Robert Cooper, um, coming back in like the third quarter of this year and by that point I had already written the, the schedule and was like yeah I'm just not going to do the Metal Hammer of Doom um so <laughs> uh 2020 he looked into the looking glass and said ah he's coming back alright we gotta make him wait a little see if he's actually staying so I'm <laughs> I'm making a point to try to do more of these because the gang's the, the, the band's back together and there's no reason not to and so Metal Hammer of Doom Wednesdays except for when it's Mondays uh will which should be a relatively weekly thing for 2022 unless Je- Jesse has to go back to being essential and Robert has to go back to the woods to live deliberately. So with that said, <laughs> Um, we will be kicking off the year with an album that came out a year ago because we're timely like that. Like I'll, I said this on the Matrix Review last night. I'm ripping off another podcast. Some guy, uh, the MCU's Bleeding Edge, did a reaction to a Bandmade video. Bandmade is a Japanese metal band uh, that dress up like maids. Apparently, this is a cultural thing in Japan. Uh, we'll talk more about it next week. But It is. Um, they... Uh, so allegedly they play some pretty cool music they put out this album Unseen World uh, in January of this past year and they did a reaction to it and their numbers like improved a thousand fold on that particular reaction then they did it again and same thing you know they, they found lightning in a bottle and I'm like oh well I'm a hack I'll just steal from you and your ideas so <laughs> uh, we were going to do something else we're not going to do that anymore Instead, we're going to do Bandmade Unseen World and see if I can uh, capture some of the magic that they have. We'll see what happens. We did once before, Jesse, with Baby Metal, right? That's right. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this is all about. I mean, and yeah. if anything, I mean, hey, if if the listeners come with it, that's great. But, you know, I, I, expanding our horizons and listening sure. to something new, can't beat it. And and look, I, I am I am absolutely stealing an idea from another podcast, but it's not like we don't do weird shit on this show. We've done... Oh, no at least two different Simpson reference bands. We oh, did yeah. o- <laughs> we did Oakley Dokley and we did Dr. Colossus earlier this right. year. We've done Bongzilla. Um we've done Heavysaurus. We did Heavy Saurus. Uh we've done a couple of really like really like weirdo bands, if I remember correctly. Can you think of any other one I I I remember like Oakley Dokley Oakley Dokley was definitely one of the more gimmicky ones we've done. Um right. And then early, like I said, earlier this year, Robert and I did Dr. Colossus, and uh, you and I did Bongzilla. Um, we've done, we've, we've definitely done all, stuff that's off the, be- excuse me, off the beaten path. I mean, I once stuff. lost my shit at a Sepultura covering Ultraman, so yeah. it, it, it definitely fits into our wheelhouse. 
We yeah. do not have shame. Yeah, whenever like metal injections, like here's the stupidest band you've never heard of. I'm like, we're there for it. <laughs> That's going on the schedule. We so, never did review Lady Baby though. No, we didn't. Nor Lady have we reviewed. Nor have we reviewed Ronnie Adams's favorite band, John Cougar Concentration Camp. Um, uh, or uh, the San or what was it Santa Santa Holocaust or something is what it was. Yeah, something like that. Um, well, there was Chapel. one that there was one that my buddy Nick, who I one day will get on this podcast, was telling me about. And that's the bingo. Uh, no, it was Nuclear Santa Claus. That's who it was. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. He uh, they opened for one of his bands one time. We have not done Max Sabbath. Oh, and, and that's oh, actually a good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, there's like a there's like a metal mariachi band that does covers too that we've that I've talked right. about uh, them, but we've never done. Yeah, them. we haven't. D- oh yeah, uh, what is that band? Ah, oh, damn it! I'll remember yeah. it in a sec. Anyway, um, but like I said, we've done Poppy. We we did that. Uh, what's the what's the name of the uh, I am the captain? My name is oh. Dave. Jesse. Oh, uh, Scooter. Scooter. It's Scooter. Scooter. Uh, the band I was thinking of was uh, oh my god I lost it again. <laughs> it was Diablo Swing Orchestra is who I was right. thinking of. Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's that shit's definitely in our warehouse. Uh, obviously, baby, like I became obsessed with baby metal there for a little bit, stuff like that. Um, the it's following week, be. the following week, a little bit of the normal, but also very popular for us. Like whenever we do Volbeat, it usually gets good numbers. So we're gonna Ugh. review Servant of the Mind. Jesse, I'll be mm. very excited about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I am. I can't wait to talk about it. And then when I come back from my daughter's birthday trip on Monday the 17th, and the reason why we're switching it from Wednesdays to Mondays is because the Superblog team up this year is January 20th. So the night before, myself and Jesse Starcher and Evan Bevins will be comparing the movie Logan's Run to the Marvel Comics adaptation of said same that was uh, drawn by George Perez, the late now George Perez. So in said Monday... He's not... He didn't die, did he? I don't think... I don't think he's oh, dead. Don't scare me like that, Mark Radish. I he already lost John Madden. I thought George, I thought the whole reason we did it was George, George Perez passed away. George George Perez announced that he's got six months to live. Oh, he's still alive. So okay. we're doing Ugh. a tribute to him. I don't man. You scared me half the dead. Says. <laughs> like there was a conversation uh, about it that spawned this whole idea and i'm like oh i guess the guy's dead i'm not listening to any of you nerds talk about this <laughs> you you know we've done some, me and you have talked some comics that he's done specifically mm-hmm. uh maestro help me out here um we just talked oh, well, me and me and chris just talked about this maestro hulk what is it called future oh. imperfect yeah yeah you, you and i did future imperfect that's right you and i did that one yeah um and Chris and I were talking about it on our uh, Unspoken Issue show. But, yeah, so we, you and I have talked about some stuff that he's done. He's a fantastic artist. And, yeah, unfortunately, he ha- he announced that he has, I think it's pancreatic cancer. Mm. Um, and he's got uh, six months to live. So a lot of people were really hit hard, including our buddies at the Superblog team up. So we're going to do a tribute show mm-hmm. uh, along with a lot of other blog writers in regards to that. So, yeah, I look uh, I look forward well, to I- uh, talking to you. I apologize to the fans and the family of George Perez. I honestly, I thought he had passed away was the issue, but no, I'm just just announced that he got your back for that, buddy. Yep, sorry, I apologize. Um, anyway, th- so we're gonna do on the Monday, the seventeenth of January, Abracadabra, which is the next uh, Lordy album in this series, and then we're back to regular our regular Wednesday time. 
on the 26th of January. Speaking of albums that came out like a long time ago that Jesse insisted we get on the schedule per contract, the Night yeah. Flight Orchestra, Aromatic 2. Fuck yeah. yeah. Buddy. I listened to that album again today. Good album. All right. And then um, we end... Fuck me running... We end. Yeah. We 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 kick off February with Battle Beast Circus of Doom. You know what? Also, we're going to be re-airing that day. Our damn you Hollywood on the Doit. The Doit. I remember the Doit. The Doit. And the reason why we are re-airing the Doit, Jesse, is because you and I are going to watch the Pam and Tommy Hulu show. Oh yeah. So I'm re-airing some of our Motley Crue stuff that we did because the next day is our soundtrack. Uh, our our soundtrack um review that we did for the uh, the dirt soundtrack. Love it. Yeah. All right. So that's January. That's all the Metal Hammer of Doom. Um, we've mentioned it a couple of times. We have a two and a half hour review of the Matrix. The not the whole thing. It, it like we didn't spend the entire two and a half hours just talking about the Matrix Resurrections. We just spent an enormous amount of time tearing that thing to pieces. We did an extended money segment talking about the the year-long uh, HBO Max day and date experiment and debating whether or not it was successful or not. Certainly, it was not. pundits thought it was. It apparently it drove subscriptions, but on the other hand, they didn't have a. They had one movie that exceeded its budget and was profitable. It was The Conjuring. I would not. I would not necessarily say Warner Brothers had a banner year. Um, Speaking of not having a banner year, myself and um, Ronnie Adams reviewed The King's Man. That's only an hour. That is entirely reasonable. We 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 were in, we were out, we paid the hooker, we left. Um, it was I fine. I did not enjoy that movie. No, nobody did. Um, speaking oh, of which... Oh, that's sad. Was that... Yeah, okay, you're, you're about ready to plug it. I, it doesn't live up... Does it live up at all to the comic that we covered? No. Not at all. Um, the Now, the first two movies do. The first two movies were right in line with the comic book, but this new Kingsman prequel uh, was really a somber affair. Anyway, um, we have a re-airing of our Hateful Eight review from a few years ago. Uh, David Wright jumped on a triple feature with me to review Ghost in the Shell, Aeon Flux, and Ex Machina. That was fun. We had a really good conversation. Tomorrow... Alexis Haina, who will hopefully someday be able to get her Facebook and Messenger back. Uh, we will be reviewing Animaniacs Season 2. <sighs> season 2 and Looney Tunes Season 3. And then David Wright will be back to talk Foundation Season 1, which I just finished watching today. Um, Jesse Starcher and a bunch of you nerds are going to be doing a Spider-Man roundtable that will air next week. Uh, this uh, New Year's Day... Uh, Jesse Starcher and I, uh, for a Christmas show one year, decided that we were going to do a career retrospective of Weird Al Yankovic. That re-airs January 1st. That'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then, Jesse Starcher, you have a source. You have a podcast called Source Material that you actually do for us. It isn't some other website that you spend more time doing content for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that you love more than us. Uh, oh, a little jealousy never hurt nobody. Yeah, I'm a little, a little greed with envy. A little feeling, a little abandoned. Anyway, uh, you're kicking off the year January second with the very first source material. That um, it's myself, you, and Evan Bevins talking Billionaire Island by Ronnie Adams' favorite author, Mark Russell. Ah, oh, it's a fantastic bit of storytelling by Mark Russell, and boy, we had some fun conversations there. I love having Evan Bevins on a podcast. He he always brings something to the table. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing Logan's Run with you guys. All right, so that's yeah, it. it'll be good. 
that's my plugs. Jesse's going to tell you about this unspoken nonsense that he does. <laughs> right here on the Rattle Itch Broadcasting <laughs> Network. Uh, yes, Unspoken Issues. It's a 90s comics podcast. That, um, it's myself and Chris Armstrong. Also hang out with the uh, pro- progenitor, I guess you would say, of the UnspokenDecade.com, the uh, 90s comics website. Uh, Dean Compton and Derry Waite comes on there every once in a while. So Who? anyway, Derry Waite, he's our he's he's the second guy to talk to uh, talk to us about Transformers. If you listen to that, uh, oh, the other guy that, that was did. on Meth on that show, got it. There you go. Okay, way to go, Mark Radlich. Let's not alienate the people that I do podcasts with. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hey, damn it, I just took a drink. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, we we have upcoming. Well, today, today it dropped. Uh, Chris Armstrong and myself talked an Alan Moore book, Mark Radlich. Oh, really? Alan Moore. Was it called Fuck does, Firestorm? Uh, no. Uh, well, actually, it could have been because he <laughs> was a little upset with the big two at this point in time in the 90s. Uh, Spawn and Wildcats came together and did a, uh, there was a story called Devil Day. Just imagine, Ooh. Spawn in 2015 becomes the hellish demon that uh, everyone expected him to be. He but he overthrew the male Bolgia, the bat. Yeah, he was the the a leader of the seventh ring of hell, something like that. Anyway, yeah, male Bolgia. I love me some Thank spawn comps. I'm not gonna lie. All right, I like it. I like it. Well, yeah. So this has got time travel in it. The Wildcats go. Two Wildcats come back from the future to the past to try and kill Spawn before he turns into this bad thing, and that fails. So they go into the future into 2015 and face off with Spawn. Uh, so Spawn versus Spawn action in this thing. Listen. I will tell you, it was a lot of fun. It's uh, part of our unspoken epics where Chris Armstrong and I talk a, a story arc. Usually it's a single-issue for, format on unspoken issues, uh, but this is actually a four-issue story arc that we got to sit down and discuss. And then upcoming sometime next week, you should be able to hear uh, myself, Dean Compton, and Derry Waite talking about the first arc that featured Carnage in Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and that was a lot of fun to sit down and talk about, learned a lot of stuff. So, hey, if you like 90s comics, Unspoken Issues has got you covered. So keep an eye out for that. And I think that is all I have for myself. Robert Cooper. You know, if you really want to get into that 90s feel, I think you should just re-release the same podcast multiple times with different cover art. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant idea. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I also wonder if the Logan's Run adaptations have like a 35-year age limit on them or... Ooh. the So we're getting ready to get in... When we do this Logan's Run stuff, um, it's going to be interesting because I've never seen the movie. And those, uh, those books, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like late 70s, aren't they? Yep, and impossible to find unless you buy them on eBay or you sell the high seas. Yes, really. Yeah. You talk, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I was actually were, just you, making a joke at the fact that you know you die after you turn like thirty-five. You, <laughs> you would think that like they would be uh, they're Mar- they were Marvel comics like they were Marvel proper, and you would think they would be on Marvel Unlimited, but Marvel's like no, no. we don't have the server space for this nonsense. They well, it, it all comes down to licensing, I'm sure, because mm-hmm. yeah, you you gotta. They can't reprint that stuff without paying some type of licensing fee, especially if it's you'll you'll hear that story being told with Godzilla, Godzilla showing up in Marvel Comics. Nope, can't do that. They can't reprint uh, that because they don't have 
the licensing to Godzilla, and I imagine the same thing is going on with Logan's Run. That's why it's so hard to find. But do they have the licensing to Charles Barkley? I doubt it. <laughs> Evan Robert, Bevins would be the man to talk about that, that's for sure. Robert Cooper, you got any <laughs> podcasts going on besides the Metal Hammer of Doom, sir? No, I'm right now I'm just a one podcast man. Uh spending the rest of my time with my uh wonderful and adorable girlfriend. Uh and we watch a lot of anime. It's nice. Uh otherwise, no, I'm just really again, I'm just happy to be doing this again. It's it's been a fun time. Makes me really feel like I've missed a lot. Well, unless you abandon us again, I will make it a point to make sure we don't skip a week on the Metal Hammer of Doom, okay? Okie dokie. Okay. So, because I I still feel bad about, like, hey, guys, I'm back permanently now. Great. We're not going to do another show for six weeks. Bye. Um. (laughs) That's fine. I mean, last week I got to go to, uh, I got to go to, go to the AEW show live. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, dude, that was lit. That show was amazing. And I also got to learn floor seats suck ass if you're past row five. Yeah, they oh. do. Yeah, it's, oh. better to be, which, it's better to be just off the floor. Yeah, which, I mean, I'm like a good 6'2", so I didn't have a, as much a problem. But good old Nick, uh, he's a good 5'7", maybe 5'6". <laughs> yeah, he did, he did not have the same time I did. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for joining us here. Um I hope you enjoyed the Metal Hammer of Doom in the year 2021. We have a lot of fun stuff for you planned in the year 2022. So keep on rocking in the free world for Jesse Starcher, Robert Cooper, I'm Mark Radledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. (laughs) 